0: This is an audio version of A Short Introduction to Machine Learning by Richard Ngo, published on the 31st of August 2021. This is a recording of the text as it stood on the 23rd of March 2023. Despite the current popularity of machine learning, I haven't found any short introductions to it which quite match the way I prefer to introduce people to the field. So here's my own. Compared with other introductions, I focused less on explaining each concept in detail, and more on explaining how they relate to other important concepts in AI, especially in diagram form. If you're new to machine learning, you shouldn't expect to fully understand most of the concepts explained here just after reading this post. The goal is instead to provide a broad framework which will contextualise more detailed explanations you'll receive from elsewhere. I'm aware that high-level taxonomies can be controversial, and also that it's easy to fall into the illusion of transparency when trying to introduce a field, So suggestions for improvements are very welcome. The key ideas are contained in this summary diagram. Audio note. If you'd like to look at this diagram, you can do so in the original post. So this is a taxonomy that starts with artificial intelligence at the top, broken into two parts, AI tasks and AI techniques. The AI tasks branch only goes down one step and ends. It contains a box that reads, answering questions, recognizing images generating content, following instructions, controlling robots. That's the AI tasks box. The second of the artificial intelligence boxes is AI techniques, logic, search, and learning. Logic and search are marked as symbolic AI. Learning is bolded. And from learning, we have two more arrows that branch out down another step in the taxonomy. We have machine learning tasks and machine learning techniques. Machine learning tasks has a box with the text supervised learning, self-supervised learning, and reinforcement learning. And machine learning techniques has a box with statistical modelling, graphical modelling, and deep learning. Deep learning is bolded. And from deep learning, we have two more arrows down another step in the taxonomy. They lead to optimization techniques and neural network architectures. Optimization techniques has a box with the text gradient descent, backpropagation, and momentum. And neural network architectures has a box with the text convolutional networks, recurrent networks, and transformers. Once again, as a high-level overview, we have artificial intelligence broken down into AI tasks and AI techniques. From AI techniques, we break that down into machine learning tasks and machine learning techniques. And from machine learning techniques, we break that down into optimization techniques and neural network architectures. The text goes on. First, some quick clarifications. None of the boxes are meant to be comprehensive. We could add more items to any of them so you should picture each list ending with, and others. The distinction between tasks and techniques is not a firm or a standard categorization. It's just the best way I've found so far to lay things out. And this summary is explicitly from an AI-centric perspective. For example, statistical modeling and optimization are fields in their own right, but for our current purposes we can think of them as machine learning techniques. Let's dig into each part of the diagram now, starting from the top. Heading. Paradigms of Artificial Intelligence The field of artificial intelligence aims to develop computer programs that are able to perform useful tasks like answering questions, recognising images, and so on. It got started around the 1950s. Historically, there have been several different approaches to AI. In the first few decades, the dominant paradigm was symbolic AI, which focused on representing problems using statements in formal languages, like logic or programming languages and searching for solutions by manipulating those representations according to fixed rules. For example, a symbolic AI can represent a game of chess, using a set of statements about where the pieces currently are, and a set of statements about where the pieces are allowed to move. You can only move bishops diagonally, you can't move your king into check, etc. You can then play chess by searching through possible moves which are consistent with all of those statements. The power of symbolic search-based AI was showcased by Deep Blue, the chess AI that beat Kasparov in 1997. However, the symbolic representations designed by AI researchers turned out to be far too simple. There are very few real-world phenomena easily describable using formal languages, despite valiant efforts. And there's a link there to a Wikipedia article for Cyc or CYC, a long-term artificial intelligence project that aims to assemble a comprehensive ontology and knowledge base that spans the basic concepts and rules about how the world works. On with the text. Since the 1990s, the dominant paradigm in AI has instead been machine learning. In machine learning, instead of manually hard-coding all the details of AIs ourselves, we specify models with free parameters that are learned automatically from the data they're given. For example, in the case of chess, instead of using a fixed algorithm like Deep Blue does, an ML chess player would choose moves using parameters that start off random and gradually improve those parameters based on feedback on its moves. This is known as the learning, training and optimization process. Learning, training and optimization have slightly different connotations, but they all refer to the process by which a machine learning system updates its parameters based on data. In theory, statistical models, including simple models like linear regressions, also fit parameters to the data they're given. However, the two fields are distinguished by the scales at which they operate. The biggest successes of machine learning have come from training models with billions of parameters on huge amounts of data. This is done using deep learning, which involves training neural networks with many layers using powerful optimization techniques like gradient descent and backpropagation. Neural networks have been around since the beginning of AI, but they only became the dominant paradigm in the early 2010s. After increases in compute availability allowed us to train much bigger networks. Let's explore the components of deep learning in more detail now. Heading Deep Learning, Neural Networks and Optimization. Neural networks are a type of machine learning model inspired by the brain. As with all machine learning models, they take in input data and produce corresponding output data in a way which depends on the values of their parameters. The interesting part is how they do so. By passing that data through several layers of simple calculations, analogous to how brains process data by passing it through layers of interconnected neurons. In the diagram below, each circle represents an artificial neuron in quotes. Networks with more than one layer of neurons between the input and the output layers are known as deep neural networks. These days, almost all neural networks are deep, and some have hundreds of layers. Here's a conceptual diagram titled Deep Neural Network. It has an input layer and an output layer with three hidden layers in between. The input layer has eight circles, or neurons. The output layer has four, and each of the three hidden layers has ten and then each neuron is connected to every neuron in the following and preceding layer, such that the connections form an intricate web. The text goes on. Each artificial neuron receives signals from neurons in the previous layer, combines them together into a single value, known as its activation, and then passes that value on to neurons in the next layer. As in biological brains, the signal that is passed between a pair of artificial neurons is affected by the strength of the connection between them so for each of the lines in the diagram we need to store a single number representing the strength of the connection, known as a weight. The weights of a neuron's connections to the previous layer determines how strongly it activates for any given input. Compared with biological brains, artificial neural networks tend to be much more strictly organised into layers. These weights are not manually specified, but instead they are learned via a process of optimization which finds weights that make the network score highly on whatever metric we're using. This metric is known as an objective function or loss function. It's evaluated over whatever data set we're using during training. By far the most common optimization algorithm is gradient descent, which initially sets weights to arbitrary values, and then at each step changes them so that the network does slightly better on its objective function. In more technical terms, it updates each weight in the direction of its gradient with respect to the objective function. Gradient descent is a very general optimization algorithm, but it's particularly efficient when applied to neural networks, because at each step the gradients of the weights can be calculated layer by layer, starting from the last layer and working backwards, using the backpropagation algorithm. This allows us to train networks which contain billions of weights, each of which is updated billions of times. As a result of optimization, the weights end up storing information, which allows different neurons to recognise different features of the input. As an example, consider a neural network known as Inception, which was trained to classify images. Each neuron in Inception's input layer was assigned to a single pixel of the input image. Neurons in each successive layer then learn to activate in response to increasingly high-level features of the input image. The diagram below shows some of the patterns recognised by neurons in five consecutive layers from the Inception model, in each case by combining patterns from the previous layer. From colours, to Gabor filters for textures, to lines, to angles, to curves. This goes on until the last layer, which represents the network's final output. In this case, the probabilities of the input image containing cats, dogs, and various other types of object. And here's a diagram as described, with multiple layers depicted, and we notice that the features towards the end of the diagram are more high level, such as curves, which are fed by things like lines and angles, which are fed by things like tiny curves or shifted lines, which are fed by things like complex Gabor's, or low-frequency, which are fed by things like colour contrast and Gabor filters. The text goes on. One last point about neural networks. In our earlier neural network diagram, every neuron in a given layer was connected to every neuron in the layers next to it. This is known as a fully connected network, the most basic type of neural network. In practice, fully connected networks are seldom used. Instead, there are a whole range of different neural network architectures which connect neurons in different ways. Three of the most prominent – convolutional networks, recurrent networks, and transformers – are listed in the original summary diagram. However, I won't cover any of the details here. Heading – Machine Learning Tasks I've described how neural networks and other machine learning models can be trained to perform different tasks. The three most prominent categories of tasks are supervised, self-supervised, and reinforcement learning which each involve different types of data and objective functions. Supervised learning requires a data set where each data point has a corresponding label. The objective in supervised learning is for a model to predict the labels which correspond to each data point. For example, the image classification network we discussed above was trained on a data set of images, each labelled with the type of object it contained. Alternatively, if the labels had been ratings of how beautiful each image was, we could have used supervised learning to produce a network that rated image beauty. These two examples showcase different types of supervised learning. The former is a classification problem, requiring the prediction of discrete categories, and the latter is a regression problem, requiring the prediction of continuous values. Historically, supervised learning has been the most studied task in machine learning, and techniques devised to solve it have been extensively used as parts of the solutions to the other two. One downside of supervised learning is that labelling a dataset usually needs to be done manually by humans which is expensive and time-consuming. Learning from an unlabeled dataset is known as unsupervised learning. In practice, this is typically done by finding automatic ways to convert an unlabeled dataset into a labelled data set, which is known as self-supervised learning. The standard example of self-supervised learning is next-word prediction, training a model to predict, from any given text sequence in an unlabeled data set, which word follows that sequence. Some impressive applications of self-supervised learning are GPT-2, and GPT-3 for language, and DAL-E for images. Finally, in reinforcement learning, the data source is not a fixed data set, but rather an environment in which the AI takes actions and receives observations, essentially as if it's playing a video game. After each action, the agent also receives a reward, similar to the score in a video game, which is used to reinforce the behaviour that leads to high rewards and reduce the behaviour that leads to low rewards. Since actions can have long-lasting consequences, the key difficulty in reinforcement learning is determining which actions are responsible for which rewards, a problem known as credit assignment. So far, the most impressive demonstrations of reinforcement learning have been in training agents to play board games and eSports, most notably AlphaGo, AlphaStar and OpenAI5. And there's a footnote here that reads, Here's a more detailed breakdown of some of the tasks and techniques corresponding to these three types of learning. I've only mentioned a few of these terms so far. I've included the others to help you classify them in case you've seen them before, but don't worry if many of them are unfamiliar. So, under self supervised learning, we have tasks like image generation, language modeling, and behavioral cloning. And we have techniques like auto regression, generative adversarial networks, and diffusion modeling. Under supervised learning, for tasks, we have regression, classification, and reward modeling. And for techniques, we have most neural networks, support vector machines, and Gaussian processes. For reinforcement learning under tasks, we have exploration, temporal credit assignment, and multi-agent credit assignment. And under techniques, we have Q learning, policy gradients, self-play, and intrinsic motivation. That's end of the footnote. Back to the main text. There's another heading: solving real-world tasks. We're almost done, but I don't think that even a brief summary of AI and machine learning can be complete without adding three more concepts. They don't quite fit into the taxonomy I've been using so far, so I've modified the original summary diagram to fit them in. So here we have another diagram. It's the same as the original taxonomy, except that there are three dotted lines that have been added, connecting up different boxes. The first added dotted line connects up the AI Tasks box with the Machine Learning Tasks box, and it's labelled Design Training Setup. It flows downwards in the taxonomy. The next line connects those boxes in the reverse direction, flowing back up the taxonomy from machine learning tasks to AI tasks, and it's labelled transfer. And the third line flows from the box optimization techniques down at the bottom layer of the taxonomy up to the layer above machine learning tasks, and it's labelled generalization. The author writes, Let's think of these three dotted lines I've added as ways to connect the different levels. The ultimate goal of the field of AI is to create systems that can perform valuable tasks in the real world, In order to apply machine learning techniques to achieve this, we need to design and implement a supervised or self-supervised or reinforcement training setup, which allows systems to learn the necessary abilities. A key element is designing data sets or training environments which are as similar as possible to the real-world task. In reinforcement learning, this also requires designing a reward function to specify the desired behaviour, which is often more difficult than we expect. But no matter how good our training setup we will face two problems. Firstly, we can only ever train our models on a finite amount of data. For example, when training an AI to play chess, there are many possible board positions that it will never experience. So our optimization algorithms could, in theory, produce chess AIs that can only play well on positions that they already experienced during training. In practice, this doesn't happen. Instead, deep learning tends to generalise incredibly well to examples it hasn't seen already. How and why it does so is, however, still poorly understood. Secondly, due to the immense complexity of the real world, there will be ways in which our training setups are incomplete or biased representations of the real-world tasks we really care about. For example, consider an AI which has been trained to play chess against itself, and which now starts to play against a human who has very different strengths and weaknesses. Playing well against the human requires it to transfer its original experience to this new task – although the line between generalisation to different examples of the same task versus transfer to a new task is very blurry. We're also beginning to see neural networks whose skills transfer to new tasks which differ significantly from the ones on which they were trained, most notably the GPT-3 language model, which can perform a very wide range of tasks. As we develop increasingly powerful AIs that perform increasingly important real-world tasks, ensuring their safe behaviour will require a much better understanding of how their skills and motivations will transfer from their training environments to the wider world. This is an audio version of A Short Introduction to Machine Learning by Richard Ngo, published on the 31st of August 2021. This recording was completed on the 23rd of March 2023. The reading was by Perrin Walker, and it was produced by Type 3 Audio.